morning. Can I welcome you, those of, us, those of you joining us here and those of you joining us online for this Good Friday service. We're going to spend some time reflecting, thinking and worshipping together and then some of us will go down to the Carfax for the open air service that's arranged by Horsham Churches together that will take place at 11.15 and if you'd like to, we'll be gathering the other side of the road to follow Nigel down town across into the town centre. If you get a moment before you go, you might like to have a look at the Easter garden that was made by Play School over there to the right. Um, having made it, they decided that the garden was a bit empty, so they populated it with people from Happy Land. First person there was a sunbather. There were also people from the hospital, both nurses and injured people. We agreed on the basis that Jesus died for everybody, and that was an expression of that. We drew the line at putting bodies in the tomb, though, because the tomb should remain empty. We're going to be using some images in our worship on the screen today and just invite you to reflect on those for a moment or two as the service unfolds. The beginning of Isaiah 53 says, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Let's sing together, it is a thing most wonderful.
precious God, we wonder at the astonishing love that you have shown to us all through your coming, living, and dying among us in the person of your Son. We thank you for being willing to endure so much for our sake. To face the mental agony. To go through the physical torture. To endure the spiritual torment involved in the case. Lord, you, your flesh and blood as we are, experiencing the same temptations, torn by the same fears, sharing the same joys and sorrows, suffering the same pain. Thank you for choosing the path suffering that you might be perfected to be our saviour. And we thank you for the knowledge this brings us, the knowledge that you understand the trials and tribulations that we go through. You have experienced the worries, the concerns, You've wrestled with doubts and problems. You identify with our daily experience. And as you have embraced the human condition in all our frailty and weakness and failure, thank you for setting us an example of selfless living. compassion, of loving to the uttermost. We recognise the challenge this brings to us, the call to take up our cross, to deny ourselves, to follow in your footsteps, to serve as you have served. Thank you, Lord, although you could have decided to have nothing to do with us, you identified with us completely. You could have demanded that we atone for our sins, but you paid the price yourself. You could have stayed at a distance and talked to us about love, but you demonstrated what love really means. Lord Jesus Christ, you experienced humanity at its worst. And you reveal humanity at its best. Thank you, gracious God, for becoming one with us. For becoming human. For taking upon yourself our flesh and blood, our mortality and death.
we worship and thank and adore you. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And with his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers, he was silent and did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. 
And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the discretions of my people, he was stricken. As we pray, when I give the bidding, you are the Lamb of God, can I invite you to respond, take away the sin of the world. You are the Lamb of God, take away the sin of the world. Lord Jesus Christ, remember your concern throughout your ministry. came for the vulnerable, the distressed, the sick, the despised, those who are marginalised, downtrodden, oppressed. rejected. You brought the kingdom of God into their lives. You embraced our lostness. As we pray for people who are lost today, we pray that they would know your presence your peace, your healing, your compassion. You are the Lamb of God. Take away the sin of the world. Remembering your concern for the poor, we pray for millions who suffer poverty. those who face absolute poverty and starvation in some parts of the world. Those who struggle to make ends meet, to find a way to cope, to feed themselves and their family in this country. Think of those whose harvest has failed yet again. Those still suffering devastation from recent earthquakes. Those who have no food for their children. No place to call home. No resources or hope for the future. Those who are trapped in debt. All those who through no fault of their own 
find themselves at the end of their tether today. We pray for them and lift them to you. Be their saviour. Be Lord of their lives and their situations. Lamb of God, take away the sin of the world. We remember how you suffered as an innocent victim at the hands of others. We pray for those who endure violence and cruelty. Those for whom their home is not a place of safety. Those for whom the neighbourhood where they live is a place of danger and violence. those who have lost confidence in or have suffered at the hands of the police who should be safeguarding law and order. We pray for those who are wounded in body, mind and spirit. The victims of racism and other forms of discrimination. those who have been bullied, assaulted, abused, tortured. The victims of war. And we continue to pray for the people of Ukraine. So much that is wrong. So we cry out to you, Lord Jesus, you are the Lamb of God. Take away the sin of the world. And Lord, we come to you because you died and rose again so that we should no longer live for ourselves but live for you. So help us to live as your people. People who seek to serve rather than be served. People who give rather than looking to take. Help us to be your ambassadors, reaching out in love, touching people's lives, making real your compassion, representing your body here on earth. Shape and mould us in your image, we pray. You are the Lamb of God. Take away the sin of the world. For we ask it in your name, Lord Jesus Christ.
So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and his two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarments remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now, had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, took the sponge on a stalk with the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. John's Gospel, those are Jesus' final words. It's finished. Done. It's accomplished. Over. John says immediately before he said those words, the last thing he needed to do before giving up the spirit was to say he was thirsty and to drink the sour wine vinegar that they gave him. And John said Jesus did this and that everything that needed to happen had happened and this still needed to take place for scripture to be fulfilled. And this last act of asking for and drinking the sour wine confirms his identity 
as the righteous servant of the Lord who is unfairly persecuted. The figure that we see in Psalm 69. Psalm of lament to God from someone who is oppressed and unjustly treated. And the author of Psalm 69 talks about being given sour wine to quench his thirst, the same kind of drink that was given to Jesus. The author of the psalm talks about being hated without good reason. And John specifically and clearly applies those words to himself when he talks to the disciples in the upper room before they go to Gethsemane. He quotes the verse from Psalm 69 in John 15, 25. And after his resurrection, the disciples reflect on that episode in the temple when he wreaked havoc there and realize that another verse in this psalm applied to him, zeal for your house has consumed me. Jesus fits the role of the person who suffers for God's sake. So three times in John's Gospel, Psalm 69 is applied to Jesus in the same psalm. is also quoted with reference to Jesus by Luke in the book of Acts and by Paul in Romans. It becomes clear that for the early church it was a key psalm for understanding who Jesus was and for making sense of his death. And by showing that Jesus deliberately drank the sour wine in order to fulfill scripture and then having him declare it is finished. John reiterates the truth that Jesus' death was no unforeseen catastrophe that took him by surprise. He knew what he had to do. He knew what he was to go through. He knew the path that he was to take and exactly what it would entail. He went to the cross with his eyes fully open, knowing what he would suffer. Jesus had always known it would end like this. This was his destiny. The culmination of his ministry. The reason he entered the world the fulfilment of God's plan for our salvation. And crucifixion entailed usually being nailed to a cross, which was then lifted up into a perpendicular position until it fell into a hole in the ground, leaving the victim to die of shock, exhaustion, Exposure, loss of blood. And Jesus twice talks about his death in terms of being lifted up. In John chapter 12 he says, when he is lifted up from the earth, he will draw all people to himself. And in case we miss the point of his meaning here, John makes it explicit, saying by saying this, Jesus made it clear what kind of death he was going to die. Lifted up 
on the cross to draw all people, you and me, to himself. And then the other time Jesus talked about being lifted up is in John chapter 3, where he says the Son of Man must be lifted up, rather like Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, so that whoever believes in him might have eternal life. Two reasons then why he was lifted up, to draw all people to himself, and so that whoever believes might have eternal life. Jesus talks about dying at other points in the gospel, but these are the clearest references which indicate that he knew he was going to be crucified and why. To draw us to himself. To give us the opportunity to receive eternal life by believing in him. And Jesus' words prophetic. They continue to be fulfilled to this day. Every time somebody comes to Jesus, every time somebody puts their trust in him and receives eternal life, Jesus' words are fulfilled. The one who is lifted up draws people to himself and gives them eternal life as they put their trust in him. There are many ways of looking at the cross. But John's gospel tells us that Jesus died so that you could have eternal life by putting your trust in him. Not a matter of being good enough, trying hard enough, of praying long enough, going to church, often enough giving enough money to good causes everything which needed to happen for you to receive eternal life has been done already for you by Jesus that's why he said it's finished it's done it's accomplished. Jesus' death secures your life for eternity. Can you say, I believe that Jesus died for me? To say Jesus died, that's a matter of historical fact. To say that you believe that Jesus died is a reasonable response, given the evidence. But to say, I believe Jesus died for me, that's an expression of faith and trust. It's personal. If you say that, you show that you understand why Jesus died. So that you could have eternal life. And saying those words expresses trust in him. And in response to that trust, Jesus gives those who put their faith in him life that lasts forever.
can you say this morning? I believe Jesus died for me. Whatever your history, whatever your track record, however close you might have been to God or far away you might have been from God, however young you are, however near death you are, Jesus died for you that you might have life. And if you've never said, Jesus, thank you for dying for me, then why not say it today? Jesus was lifted up to draw all people to himself. That includes all of you present here, all of you watching online. Why not come to him today and pray, Lord Jesus Christ. I believe you died for me. Thank you. I put my trust in you eternal life. Amen. Let's close by singing together one day when heaven was filled with his presence.
share together in the words of the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of